Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I am your host, Camry Widmer. Today, we get to talk about purchasing horses or ponies for our loved ones or ourselves. I have a few things to consider, to think about, and to implement before you make that big purchase that is can be life-changing for yourself or for your loved ones. So the first thing I want to talk about when we go buy a horse or when we're considering buying a horse is sitting down, having a conversation with yourself or with your loved ones about what it is that you're looking for. Write it down in words so that it gets out of your head and onto paper so we don't keep stewing about it over and over and over again and changing our mind a million times. Uh, Put it on paper and create a little contract or guidelines for yourself. Uh, Those guidelines can consist of, you know, knowing exactly what kind of horse it is you're looking for. Are you looking for a performance horse, a rope horse, a trail horse, a cutting horse? What is it that you're looking for? What size of horse are you looking for? What's your budget? And on your budget, it's not only how much are you willing to spend on the purchase price, but how much money do you have to pay for a vet check and shoeing throughout the year and dental work and chiropractic and vet bills? What kind of money do you have to invest? You know, you might have $20,000 to spend on a horse, but once you spend that 20000 your bank account is depleted and you can't take care of it. It's kind of like when people build a house that's beautiful and wonderful and then they can't afford to put furniture in it because they've spent so much on the shell that they can't take care of it. So definitely know how much you have to spend, what's within your wheelhouse and, and your capabilities. And then it's important to know what it is you're willing to sacrifice. You know, how much time are you committed to spending with your horse or pony or your kids especially? Having them write down what it is they're looking for. If you are writing down these guidelines because you are looking for somebody else, let them tell you what they're looking for. And it's really important to be open-minded with this. Often, when we want, when we're helping or supporting somebody and purchasing a horse or a pony, we have the idea of what we want that person to have or the success level that we want them to get to. For instance, parents, you know, you want them to win and be able to pay back their entry fees. Well, your child may be right on board with that. That might be what they want to do is win and have a barn burning, 1D, fire breathing, dragon barrel horse, and they're prepared for it. Or they might just be a kid who wants to have a horse that they can go have fun on and that they can go run in the field with their friends, play cowboys and Indians, and make memories. Knowing what it is that you and your child are actually looking for uh, can save a lot of heartbreak and frustration and turmoil in the future. And setting aside what you want for your loved one and letting your loved one tell you what they want will change your life. You might not like the answer, but you might get to buy a $5,000 horse instead of a $50,000 horse just based on what they tell you and what they're ready for. And if you're buying for kids, it's important to remember the end goal. You know, the end goal as parents, as guardians is to 
have children who, when they leave the house, they're respectful, they're capable, they're independent, they're friendly, and they have a good character. If it's part of the process, having that 1D horse or that awesome rope horse and the competitive side of it, that's fine. That's part of building their character and when you kick them out of the nest that they can handle life. Um, so letting them guide their own path and if they're not ready for that big 1D horse, even if you think they are, if that's not what they want, then you can save yourself a lot of money, a lot of heartbreak and get them what they want. Um, just something to think about. Uh, something else that you can put on there is what are you, what are your kids willing to sacrifice to have it? Um, and what are the consequences when they don't? Letting them be responsible and accountable for having this horse or pony is really important. And that's a life lesson in itself to say, to let them tell you, you ask the questions, they write the answers, and then you assess it as a family. So you can ask them, you know, okay, how many days a week are you willing to ride your horse or pony? How many days are you willing to practice? What do you need to get to where you want to go? Do you need lessons? Do you need equipment? How are you going to get that equipment? And say you have an attitude. You know, what's the consequence that you're going to pay if you have an attitude or you talk back or you don't clean the trailer when you were supposed to or you forgot to water your horse? Are you willing to take out the laundry or take out the trash for the next two weeks? Are you willing to fold all the laundry? Are you going to clean the house and vacuum? Are you going to clean your room so that it's spotless? You know, but let the kids decide what their consequences are so they're holding themselves responsible for their equine partner. Not only is that going to be a great life lesson for them, but it's going to build their bond with their horse because they're going to appreciate having that animal more. And as parents, it's going to give you some ground to stand on when they're the ones who decide what their consequences are. And of course, you can guide them in asking questions and giving suggestions, but let it be their idea. They know what's right and wrong. They know what they like to do and don't do. So let them make those decisions. And that translates to life. When you're adults, you have to pay your own prices and your own consequences. So we're teaching them already how to take accountability for that. Once you have, you know, what you're looking for in a horse, what your goals are with that horse, what your budget is, the time that you're able to commit to your equine partner and what's gonna happen if you don't have that time. And if you are new to the purchasing process and you haven't ridden a whole lot or your child hasn't ridden a whole lot, I fully support going to a well-respected professional with references to ask them to give you an assessment. You know, schedule a lesson and say, hey, we're looking to get into this, uh, this horse world or the rodeo world or whatever it may be, and we're not really sure what we're looking for, what level we're at, and we would appreciate if you could give us an honest evaluation of what you think will set us up for success the best. And I think it's important to go into this open-minded as well. And when you're creating your contract and you're asking, you know, people that you love, maybe you're asking your friend or your mom or your dad or your professional, be open-minded. What they're saying is not to be hurtful. It's not to put you down or to make you feel less confident. Um, or, and it's not really necessarily to pump you up either. It's just an evaluation to, an honest evaluation 
because they have your best interest. So don't take it personally. Just be open-minded, process it, and put that into action by respecting what they have to say and letting it be a reflection on you. So your feedback. Feedback is neutral. Okay, so now we've got all that figured out. We know what level we're at. We have our guidelines and we have been looking up and down all over Facebook and Instagram. I guess I don't even know if they really sell horses on Instagram. Uh, maybe they do. But maybe you've been online. You've been telling on your friends what you're looking for. Uh, you've been going by those guidelines. Um, things to look out for when you're watching your videos. Um, one, don't be a pest. You know, By all means, ask your questions. Know what your questions are ahead of time. Ask them. And you might even like have on your guideline sheet, create 15 questions, 15 well-rounded questions to answer when you're looking. Now, start that list by reading everything in the description and writing it down. Print off, make 10 copies, one for every single horse that you're looking at. Have their name, where they're located, the owner's name, the contact information, the color, the breed, whatever it is you're looking for. Write down all those details, the height, the sex, the age, the maintenance, check yes, check no. Have their teeth been done, check yes, check no. Create that list that you can fill out and you are responsible for purchasing your own horse. The seller is responsible for providing you the information. You are responsible for reading it. That is one of my biggest pet peeves and I know many people who buy and sell horses and ponies who get so many questions that are already written in the description. So hold yourself accountable for that. Be respectful of their time and know what you're gonna ask. Whatever questions aren't answered, that's what you send them in a message. Um, have those questions that are, you know, that they can give you a direct answer that's gonna give you a good feel for the horse. Videos. Videos are great. I love videos. I love seeing what that horse looks like in a video, how they move. It is not okay, in my opinion, to ask somebody to send you a million videos. If you've seen one, two videos of their barrel runs, you know, if you've seen them perform in two different arenas successfully or up to your standard, if you've seen them walk, trot, and lope in circles both directions, stop, back up, do all of that, um, and if they're multi-event horses, one to two videos per event. If that's not a good enough assessment for you to say yes or no, then that horse isn't for you. And, the, and if it is, if you think, okay, like this is something that I'm willing to look at, go look at them. Don't keep asking for more videos because it's not going to change what the horse is. And again, you're being disrespectful and wasting the seller's time. This is just my opinion um, as a seller and as a buyer. Go try the horse. Go let your, your, your kids ride the horse. If they've answered all the questions, they've sent the videos, the pictures, go try them. One of the most valuable lessons that I learned when it came to horses and buying horses was trying them is free. Yes, you have to take a little bit of time off and you have to pay for fuel. But you don't have to buy the horse. You don't have to pay to try it. You get to try them for free. Now, be respectful about that. Again, it's important to be respectful. Don't just go try every single horse that you know you're not interested in. But if there's five horses that really spark your interest, go try all five of them. 
every single horse that you ride, you're going to identify one more thing that you like or that you don't like that fits you, that doesn't fit you. And you're going to gain more experience every time you ride one. Same for kids. Like I always recommend for new people or somewhat inexperienced people in buying to try a horse at least twice and try a horse, try a minimum of three to five horses before you make your purchase. Even if you get that gut feeling and you're like, this is the one, like this horse is awesome, it's everything I want, go try one more just to prove it and to test it and to know that you have done your due diligence and that you tried five or you tried three and that one was still the best. If the horse is sold, it wasn't meant to be. There's millions of horses out there, just like there's millions of cars. So if it's meant to be, the horse will still be there when you get back. If you really believe it's the horse for you, but you still are going to try that one more horse, put a deposit on them. Make a deal. Let the people know that you're seriously interested, but you're going to go try one more. Being honest and upfront are two of the most important things in this business. Um, Yes, there are dishonest people. There are dishonest sellers and buyers. Buyers that give you the runaround, the tire kickers, as they're called. Um, So don't be a tire kicker. Be upfront, be honest, be in communication. Okay, so we've got all that taken care of. We kind of know what we're looking for. We are respectful. We have, we're scrolling up and down the ads. We've seen a few videos. Trying them's free, so we're in the car and we're going to look. Um, a few things that I hear on a regular basis, um, especially with kids and young horses. They get to grow together. That's what I hear a lot. I want to find a horse or pony that my kids can grow together with. The theory is not wrong. I completely respect and understand the theory. But children don't raise children. You don't have 10-year-old kids teaching kindergartners. You know, it's um, an analogy that I like to use is if you have a kid and it's respectful and it knows to pick up its clothes and your child says, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, or they look the adults in the eye and they are just the kindest, neatest kids, then you send that kid off to school. All kids go to school in some way, shape, or form. You send them to public school. And their teacher is green. They're fresh out of college. They're scared. They're intimidated. They're not very confident. And the kids start to push. Even the most respectful kids might take them a little bit longer. They start to push that teacher to see what they can get away with. They start sneaking in candy. They start trying this. They start talking when they're not supposed to be. Just one little thing at a time. They push, they push, they push. And all of a sudden, your respectful, kind, sweet kindergarten child is getting sent to the office. Well... It's not necessarily that the kid isn't still all those things. It's just that the teacher at the time doesn't have the experience to keep those kids in line. And then as soon as the other kindergarten teacher that's been there since, you know, Bob went to school or whoever, or you went to school maybe, they come in and they walk in the room and every kid perks up and they pull their shoulders back and all of a sudden they're respectful again. That can happen a lot with young horses and young riders. The nicest horses... Start to push some buttons and see what they can get away with. The best kids that are, you know, hardworking and have a desire to get better and want to learn and have a good attitude, they just don't have the experience to teach that horse and to train that horse what to do. All horses need training. 
You don't just get to buy them and they're magically broken, soft, and supple and do everything we want. Now, there are situations just like there's teachers that come fresh out of college and they're wonderful and they're prepared and they can, you know, that's just their calling. And there's others that it takes a little while. Um, same thing with horses. You might find the perfect one. And if you're getting the lessons and you have somebody experienced riding with your child, that's maybe an exception, but I would say 95% of the time matching an inexperienced uh, beginner to intermediate rider with a young inexperienced horse is not a good idea. You are not setting your child up for success. You're setting them up for intimidation, lack of confidence, uh, feeling like they're not smart, um, and it's just because they don't have the experience. So you're much better off if you look for something that's, even something that's old, something that your kid can just learn on, that can teach your kid. A campaigner is what they call them. Uh, it's just an old horse that's been there, done that, just like a teacher in school that can teach your child what feels good, how to make things better, uh, just something that can really build their confidence and help them get to the next level versus not necessarily destroying, but minimizing their confidence and making them feel less worthy. So look for the campaigners if you have a beginner or an intermediate rider. The next category is the winner, the overpowered, expensive, fire-breathing dragon, box-leaving, you know, just that amazing horse that has been ridden, you know, been winning the 1D or the 2D with adults in the open. There is a time and a place for this. If your child is prepared and that's what they want. If you have established that before you ever started the search and your kid is ready for that level, that's great. It needs to be your kid's idea, not yours. I'm not speaking to everybody, but I hope that some of you who are hearing this realize that we are living vicariously through our children and pushing them into boxes that they're not actually prepared for or that they don't actually want. Not always the case, but it does happen. Uh, what happens when we get the horses that are way overpowered uh, is that our kids don't actually learn how to ride because they're on a horse that does it automatically for them. Uh, we might instill some fear in them because they actually don't have the confidence to ride. They're just up there and going along for it. Kids don't really care about the money and the trophies. Like, yeah, it makes them happy and it makes them smile, but... How often do they get the picture taken, run back to the trailer, throw the buckles in the trailer, and go find their friends to play? You know, this is a time that they're in it for fun. They're in it for the memories. They're not necessarily, and I'm not saying this is true for everybody, but more often than not, the kids are just, they're in it for the memories and the friendships. So keep that in mind when you're buying those high-dollared horses and sending them to all those events all over the country, whether it's a barrel horse or a rope horse or a reining horse or whatever it may be. Now, there's some super competitive kids out there that they ride the snot out of them, they put the work in, and by all means, set those kids up for that kind of success. But if you want it worse than they do, you're just going to burn them out. That's what usually happens is those kids just the winning's not important to them and they just want to go play and have fun and the parents push and push and push and then they're just done one day. They throw their hands up and you can't even get them to get in the truck and leave the house, let alone ride the horse. So uh, just know that, understand where you're at. And then we have the horses that are underpowered. We've got the 
the people and the families and the situation where we put them on the campaigners and we put them on the campaigners and we put them on the campaigners and we don't trust our kids to go to the next level. Maybe as a child, um, the parent got bucked off or they got put on the overpowered horse and it scared them so they're not going to do that to their kid. But that fear keeps them from trusting their own child. And trusting their own child's abilities. Maybe your kid is super confident and man, they want to win and they're ready to go and their horse is just too slow, but you're not ready for them. You're not ready for them to, to have the fast horse. Well, if your kid's ready for the next level and they've put in the work and they've put in the time, again, look at yourself and see is, is the control of keeping my kid at a lower level for my own security and safety, or is it for my kids? You know, if they're ready to move up, move those kids on up, you know, by the next level and, and watch them be successful. Watch them overcome your fear and let them show you just how capable they are. Trust, trust their instinct. You know, if, if they want it, then they're going to do what it takes to get it. So support that and Get them that horse that's got, you know, it's the next level, next step up. Um, and then, you know, there's just finding that horse that's just right. Again, try multiple horses, three to five horses. Know what you're looking for and and spend the time to travel. You know, we get caught up in, oh, well, I got to find something within an hour. Well, your pool's pretty little if you got to find something within an hour. You know, it only takes like two days to travel anywhere in the country and Obviously, your budget, your time is worth something, but if this is uh, the animal that's going to teach your kid character, responsibility, respect, build memories, make friends all over the country, get scholarships, you know, if that's the horse that you're looking for, be willing to take an extra day to find that horse that's going to change your child's life. It's worth it to put some miles on the truck. What are we buying for if we're not going to use them anyway? Um, so those are all just things to consider when we're looking for horses. You know, know what it is that you're looking for. Know what level you're capable of or that you even want to get to. Um, if your kid wants to just play and make memories at that time, buy the lower powered horse that they can just go play cowboys and Indians on. If your kid's ready to make the junior American and have a chance to win it, do the best you can to make that happen too. So uh, if you guys have any questions ever about purchasing horses, getting involved in the Western industry, or anything else that we can support you with, that is what RodeoKids.com was developed for, is to support you in this industry and help it all grow together. And it takes a village, and we want to be part of your village. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We've made a lot of mistakes, and we've learned a lot of lessons, and we just want to share those with you to prevent it from happening to you. Have a great day, everybody. Safe travels, and God bless. Please share the RodeoKids.com podcast with all of your rodeo family, friends, and people that you think might be interested. Also, check out our RodeoKids.com blogs full of information written by a variety of people to inspire you and give you a different perspective when things maybe don't feel so right or maybe you're just looking for a laugh. We've got a nice variety of blogs on there. We also have the RodeoKids.com videos. 
They are kids helping kids. All of the videos of drills, mental focus words, and performance tactics in and out of the arena are by kids for kids. So check them out and get inspired and let rodeokids.com support you in making your dreams come true.